Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us on this Tuesday. It is April 20th. It's actually my birthday, folks, but shh, don't tell anybody it's my birthday. Just another day at the office, got a busy day ahead, and can't think of a better way to spend part of the day than talking NFL draft. And joining me on today's program is the one and only Jordan Reed. He is a senior NFL draft analyst over at the Draft Network, does a tremendous job, and I'm really happy to have him with us. Jordan, thanks so much for the time today. Well, first, I would like to say happy birthday, Patricia. Well, happy nineteenth, happy nineteenth birthday! Oh. <laughs> God bless you, my friend. Here. God bless you. I think I have clothes older than nineteen, but anyway, I appreciate the sentiments. <laughs> but um, so anyway, uh, Jordan, let's start off with like an overview. We are getting uh, we're, we're within two weeks now of the draft. A lot of rumors are flying. A lot of dust is tr- is starting to settle. Can you talk a little bit about what you're hearing maybe at the top of the draft? I know there was a report that, you know, um, the Eagles might try to trade back up. Um, There's some other trade rumors floating around. Can you give everybody a little overview as to what you've been hearing and what you think might come to fruition? Well, the first thing I will say is that you're always going to hear a lot of rumors the closer that we get to the draft. Some are true. Some are not true. There's some teams that kind of float some stuff out there in hopes of getting some answers on some things, but also they want to make sure that they get the prospect of their liking some guys that they have at the top of the draft board. So you may see some false information leak out about some of those players, and it's really hard to decipher what actually is true behind the scenes and what actually is not true behind the scenes. That's why you're seeing some stuff about Justin Fields. You're seeing some stuff about various other players as well, and I'm sure those won't be the last things that we hear, but at the top of the draft, everybody knows that the first two picks, what they're going to be right now, is presumably going to be Trevor Lawrence at one and then most likely Zach Wilson at two. But after that, that's where things really get interesting. It seems like there's a different trend every week for a quarterback to go. Number three, a couple of weeks ago, was Mac Jones. And then we saw Justin Fields make a little bit of a wave after his pro day. And with Trey Lance having his second pro day today, um, I'm sure he'll probably be the next person that's big with that number three overall pick. So, uh, the 49ers have really done a good job of keeping a tight lid on exactly what their intentions are. Um, I don't have any inside information as far as what they're going to do, and I don't think anybody else outside of that draft room really knows what they're going to do at this point. Um, after that, you're probably going to see a little run on offensive tackles, maybe Panay Sewell at five to the Bengals. I think it's between him and Jamar Chase, most likely. Um, Atlanta is very interesting at four. They could go quarterback, but they also could go with Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. In terms of, uh, you know, you mentioned quarterbacks. I've, I saw one mock draft that said as many as five quarterbacks could go within the first 10 picks. That to me sounds a little too much. I mean, is that about what you're anticipating or do you think that's kind of, you know, somebody's wild imagination? Well, I mean, it, it just really depends on what Atlanta wants to do with the fourth overall pick. They could go quarterback. Um, But right now, I don't know if they go quarterback just because of how well Matt Ryan played a year ago. And then with them renegotiating his contract, him having that high cap number for the next two years, it would be really hard for them to move on from him prior to the 2023 season. So maybe they don't they're not in a rush to get that heir apparent. So 
I think it's either a trade back situation. They go Kyle Pitts or they end up taking the quarterback. I don't really know. I don't want to put any percentages on any of those outcomes. But if I had to guess, I, I would guess that they go to Kyle Pitts right now just because they want to take advantage of that maybe two to three year window that they have left with Matt Ryan. So if Atlanta does end up going quarterback, I definitely could see somebody else trading up, maybe try to entice Cincinnati with that fifth overall pick. But I highly doubt that they trade out of that selection. Now, just backing up a little bit, Jordan, um, obviously all the pro days are, are complete at this point. Have there been any guys that you feel really helped their stock, maybe jumped into that top 10, top 15 range that we weren't necessarily talking about maybe, you know, a month or two or so ago? Um, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, the cornerback from South Carolina, he's a player that really helped himself. There's some question about his long speed as far as down the field from some people, uh, but he goes out and he runs four three nine at his pro day. Ends up measuring around six foot two hundred plus pounds, so that he really helped himself with his pro day. Uh, he was one guy that really helped himself the most. Michael Parsons from Penn State was another player that helped himself a lot, running in the the high four threes with the way that he performed at his pro day as well. And all these quarterbacks have helped themselves a lot as well. Rashawn Slater is another name that I'm sure you're very familiar with, with the Giants fan base. That could be a possibility for them at 11. He helped himself a lot, considering that we haven't seen him since the 2019 season. What about guys who maybe we were talking about early on, who who maybe have tumbled a little bit, either because of their medicals or their pro day or whatever? Um, Gregory Rousseau is one player from Miami. He's an edge rusher that people were, he thought he was going to test a little bit better. Um, I think it's fair to say that he's not a super explosive type of player, but with them taking the year off, we really don't know what he was going to be if he was going to take that next step in his development this season. And then he didn't test overly well either, which was kind of expected a little bit with him. But I think he's a player that probably will go somewhere in the top 40, if I had to guess right now, but he's not that presumptive top 10 to top 15 player that he was expected to be. A lot of people thought he was going to be when he opted out. You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trana and special guest Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, more from Jordan on the draft, the draft prospects, and some names to look out for for the New York Giants. Stay with us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. 
Welcome back, New York Giant fans to Locked On Giants. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us. And the Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. We are talking with Jordan Reed. Again, he is from the Draft Network. He is a senior NFL Draft analyst. And Jordan, I want to turn now to the Giants specifically. Um, The way I look at it, the Giants are kind of in a weird spot drafting at number 11 in that I don't know if there's a whole lot of talent that may fall down to them that might match a need at number 11. And I'm just wondering if they would be better off trading down. So with that said, uh, first question is, is when you look at the picks below the Giants, like from range 12 to say 20, do you see pretty much the talent clustered up as far as, you know, grades or, or is it just a matter of, you know, need at that point? Yeah, I think you're spot on as far as where the Giants are and their stage with David Gettleman at the helm. And he, he's done a decent job of drafting. He's brought in some really good players. We know Kenny Galladay was like the prize of the free agency, free agency period that they brought in. But I think for the Giants, it has to come down to wide receiver or edge rusher, I think, or even offensive line. He could go uh, any of those directions. We know how much he loves the trenches and adding uh, to them. But if I had to guess, I think it probably would be edge rusher uh, right now. But the the issue with that is, do you take one at 11? This isn't a class that has that blue chip type of player at the top like we have seen in years past with Chase Young and the Bosa brothers and then uh, even Miles Garrett. We just don't have that blue chip type of player at the top like we have seen in years past. And you can go back and forth in arguments on if one of these guys are worthy of the 11th overall selection. But then you get into the, the wide receiver debate of where you want to bring in somebody, whether it's a Devontae Smith or a Jalen Waddle, just because if you wait uh, or if you try to trade back after those selections, I think both of those guys are probably going to be gone. I don't see them lasting past the 15th or the 16th pick with New England and Arizona. I think both of those teams are going to be in the wide receiver hunt despite what they did this offseason. You know, you mentioned the receivers, and I, for one – believe the Giants are going to go offense in this draft. I think if one of the tackles are there, um, they are going to go offensive tackle, despite what Dave Gettleman has said. If not, it's going to be another receiver. As you mentioned, there's been a little bit of a debate between, you know, who's the better prospect, Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith. You know, there's been some questions about the size and whatnot. Can you just break down each guy just briefly and then tell us which one you think would be a best fit for the Giants? Yeah, that's a great question. And both of these guys are really talented players, and they really fed off of each other. They were a part of a quartet um, that was very talented last year, adding in Jerry Judy and then also Henry Ruggs, two guys that we saw go in the top 15 a year ago. And I expect both of these players to be in a a similar situation of going in the top 15. But I'll just start with Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. Of course, everybody knows, but he just doesn't have a lot of holes as far as his game, doesn't have a lot of weaknesses either. Very clean route runner outstanding at the catch point teams tried to double team him and they really didn't phase him against LSU they tried to throw some different coverages at him but he still was able to have a lot of success in that game very clean as far as his releases off of the line of scrimmage and everybody likes to bring up the weight factor about him but he plays much bigger than what his weight does indicate can go up and go get the ball in any types of situations whether it's over the middle 
or along the sidelines. So he doesn't have a lot of holes in his game, but he is an outlier as far as his weight, only hovering around 170 pounds, which is going to scare off a lot of teams. But it were, if it were me, I would be completely fine with it just because of what he showed on film and how he's a player that plays much bigger than what his size does indicate. Now, Jalen Waddle, on the flip side, is a player that is the complete opposite as far as his size, about five foot ten. Um, 190 pounds, very thickly built type of wide receiver prospect, brings a lot of explosiveness to the table, but he's just not that down-the-field guy that we have seen in years past. He's not just only that down-the-field dynamic, I should say. He brings much more than that to the table. Excuse me, he can attack the short and also intermediate areas as well, but he's much more polished than some of the just strictly deep threat type of players that we have seen in years past. He had an outstanding catch over the middle against Missouri of where he's able to show off his catch radius. He can go up and attack the ball in all types of situations, no matter the the surroundings that are around him. And also he brings special teams value as well as a kick return specialist, which is another area that he can provide value on the team. So if you're making the call for the Giants, do you go with Waddle? I mean, that would be my pick, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would go with Waddle just because I think he brings a different type of dynamic than what they already have, especially with Galladay being that short to intermediate guy, um, having Slayton as your third type of receiver. I think Slayton's a really good player. That was a really good find for Gettleman in the later rounds. But um, I think Waddle just brings a different type of upside and dynamic down the field, um, things that he can bring to the table that they don't really have on the roster right now. And I think he could open things up for those other guys underneath And then you have to figure out what you have. And Daniel Jones as well, now with him entering his third season, you want to surround him with adequate enough weapons to where you're able to see him at his highest point just because uh, in a couple years from now, they're going to have to make a decision with a fifth-year option, and they want to see if he can really reach his full peak. Yeah, absolutely. Now let me ask you about um, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle. I don't know if he's going to make it down to the Giants at number 11. I know I, I highly doubt Panay Sewell will make it down to the Giants. Slater has a chance of making it down to the Giants, but there's been some debate as to whether or not he's a tackle, a guard, or it doesn't matter. When you look at uh, the Giants and, and the offense that they run, where would, would, um, would Slater fit if they were to land him? It's just a matter of how good they feel about Matthew Pert, in my opinion, with him at right tackle. We know Andrew Thomas is going to be the guy going forward just because of the draft capital that you invested in him. But if they take Slater or Sewell, if either one of those guys are there, I think they're probably going to end up playing guard, uh, depending on how they feel, once again, about Matthew Pert at right tackle, who has showed some promise. You invested some high capital in him. And maybe you want to give him a little bit more time to prove what he can be just because he was labeled as a project coming into the entire draft process and on the team needs to get a little bit stronger and get his foundation a little bit better. I think that's where he struggled with the most um, during his earlier season. So with Sewell or with Slater, the great thing about those guys is that they can play all five positions no matter where you play them. And even though both of them only play left tackle during their college careers, they have the athleticism to transition inside and be just fine. You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trana and special guest Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, more from Jordan right after this. With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. 
Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's RockAuto.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. And April 29th through the 26th, you can listen to the ultimate Mock Draft 2021 Presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger from Baldi's Breakdowns. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you most. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And if you checked out yesterday's programming, we actually had the first installment of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Again, it is a week-long event, one that we're very proud of here on the Locked on Giants podcast, and we hope you will check it out. We hope you will enjoy it. And Jordan, let's talk now about some prospects, day two, day three value picks that maybe aren't getting a lot of love that you think should be getting a little bit more uh, recognition and that could be giant fits. Um, well, there's plenty for me. Uh, one player is Amari Rogers, the wide receiver from Clemson. He's one player that I like a lot, and I think he's probably going to go a little bit earlier than what a lot of people are expecting him to go right now. I think he's projected to go in about the third or the fourth round. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up going very early in the third round. Uh, I think that's fair to say of where he could go. And I'll just give you an edge rusher name that I think the Giants are going to have a lot of interest in. Um, I think uh, Janarius Robinson is one player from Florida State, a player that has a very interesting story. About six foot four, uh, 275 pounds, was fantastic at the Senior Bowl. Didn't really develop as much as you would have liked uh, at, at Florida State when he was there. But at the Senior Bowl, he showed a lot of tools of what you want to see. And I think he has a lot of those baseline traits that you want to see as far as entering the league. Maybe you can get him in the third round. I think that's a fair area of what he, where he could go. So keep an eye on Janarius Robinson out of Florida State. 
where are some of the the weaker parts of this draft class? Like I, I know I've heard some people say that um, you know tight end is not a strong class, running back is not a, a strong class. I mean, where do you see some of the the weaker areas? Um, I think I would say safety definitely is one. There's no consensus guy at the top, and then of course interior defensive line is one area I think is really bad right now outside of Christian Barmore. And then Levi Onwoods, Enrique from Washington. You don't really have a bunch of headliner guys. Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech is starting to get some buzz. Davion Nixon from Iowa is another player that has created a, a little bit of buzz about himself as well. But outside of those guys, maybe that go in the top two rounds, it, there's a steep drop off after that. But once again, similar to Edge Rusher, there's no headliner talent, but there's no depth in this interior defensive line class at all. Hmm, interesting, because that's uh, a position I think the Giants can maybe use after losing mm-hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson, certainly for the future at any rate. What about a tight end? You know, I, I, I still like I, – I know Pitts is the number one guy, and then I think there's some debate as to who's number two after him, if it's Pat Fryermuth of Penn State or Trevin Jordan after, at, at uh, Miami, I believe. Who do you – you know, how do you look at that class, and is this a good class to kind of pick – a tight end if you need it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's strong through about the fourth round. There's a bit of a drop-off after that. And there's kind of a mixed bag after Kyle Pitts. Honestly, we know he's just in a different stratosphere from everybody in this tight end class. He's the presumptive favorite as far as the number one guy. Whether you want to label him as a tight end or wide receiver, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, he, he's a really good player. But after that, you're talking about Pat Fryermuth, as you mentioned, from Penn State. Uh, a player that can give you both as far as a run a run blocker and then also a pass catcher as well. Does struggle as far as making some contested catches. That's where you want to see him get a little bit more and be more consistent against man coverage. And then Brevin Jordan, as you mentioned as well, from Miami, a player that's going to give you much more as a receiver than a blocker right now. Uh, I, I like to say he's more of a try-hard blocker than having polished technique right now. Technique is something that you're going to have to teach him just because he doesn't have any idea of what he's doing right now as a blocker, but he will give you all our effort is only 20 years old as well. So that's something that definitely is working in his favor as well. After that, you're getting into Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame, who was stuck behind a couple of players at the position that we'll be talking about in future years of where he just wasn't able to show off his talent primarily as a blocker. That's where you're going to get the most versatility from him early on. Hunter Long from Boston College is another name to keep an eye on as well. What about it running back? I, I still say, even though the Giants are getting Saquon Barkley back, you know, until he gets on the field, they don't know what they, they're going to have in him. They signed Devonta Booker, two-year deal, not long-term. Wayne Gallman is not re-signed, uh, so I, he doesn't look like he's going to be back. I got to think there's a, a, a quality running back maybe on day three that they could pick up. Who are some names that you like for them at that spot? Yeah, there's plenty that could go on day three. Kylan Hill from Mississippi State is one player to definitely keep an eye on. And he opted out after the first few games of last season just because him and Mike Leach didn't really uh, – they weren't in cohesion as far as the scheme that he was in. They were pro- they were predominantly using him as a pass-catching target as opposed to a rushing threat. Um, there's also another one that I really like down at Louisiana Lafayette. I'm named Elijah Mitchell. I think you can probably get him in the fifth or the sixth round a bigger back, about six foot one, uh, 215 pounds, but he was outstanding last year. Was really the lead guy in that committee. And a sleeper name that you maybe want to keep an eye out on. His name is Kane Nwangwu, and he's at, uh, uh, excuse me, Iowa State 
um, didn't have the career that he was hoping towards Achilles in 2017, but he was behind some really talented players in David Montgomery early on. And then also Brees Hall, who was a, a running back that we'll be talking about a lot next year. So Canadian Nwongwu is a, is a player that I think is going to create some really nice buzz for himself uh, in the later rounds, maybe the sixth or the seventh round. Jordan, the Giants only have six draft picks, um, and I don't think they have a whole lot of room to necessarily add undrafted free agents. But just getting back to the six draft picks, do you think given the fact that NFL, the NFL community wasn't able to really scout the way that they're used to scouting, you know, getting on campus with a whole contingency, you know, talking to friends, family, doing all the stuff that's, that's you know, typical – do you see that as maybe making these six picks a little bit more valuable to where, you know, if they can add to that group better for them or, you know, do you think it's just stay where you're at and just work with the six and, and don't worry about anything else? Uh, I think picks are definitely going to be a luxury this year. Uh, they're going to be precious. I should, I should say this year, just because of the uncertainty of everything that was going on area scouts didn't really get to do. Um, the multitude of their jobs as far as in the fall of where they were able to go through schools and get information just because nobody was really allowed to do that. So a lot of teams are really playing catch up in a sense with these pro days and everything that's going on right now, or what's been happening since February, but everybody pretty much has all the information that they need right now, but there just wasn't as much time to process all that stuff. So we're really going to find out what teams have really good networking pools as far as where they selected players from previous years and if, if they were able to keep in contact with some of the people in those buildings. And there may be a trend as far as maybe some players that they already have on the roster that they have had success with from those schools. They may try to dip their toes back into the water, back into some of those schools, just because they have such great connections there. Yeah. And, you know, the Giants, they hired a bunch of college coaches or, you know, guys that have connection to the college community. So that's going to be very valuable, I think, in, in these tough times. Final question for you, Jordan. If there is one pick and, you know, you've seen a lot of mock drafts, I'm sure you've also done a lot. But if there's one prospect in this draft that has Giants written all over him, but a lot of people are just not talking about him and the Giants together, who would you pick? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would go with his name is David Moore from Gramlin State. Uh, he, he's a small school player, but he got his opportunity to play down at the Senior Bowl. And we hear the term hog mollies used often by Dave Gettleman. That's really one of his favorite wor words that I absolutely love. And the Giants have a need at guard right now as far as interior offensive line. And I think he's a player that Dave Gettleman would take a huge liking to just because he's very nasty. He can come in, he can play center or guard, and you could probably get him somewhere in the fourth or the fifth round. I think that's probably where he's going to end up going. He's about six foot two, 350 pounds. So I think he meets a lot of the thresholds that they have looked for in years past as far as the ability and then the athleticism as well. So keep an eye on David Moore from Gremlin State. Great stuff, Jordan. Before we call it a show, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and anything you might have coming up ahead of the draft or during the draft. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. That's J-O-R-D-A-N underscore R-E-I-D. You can find my work on the draftnetwork.com. I just released my top 100 big board. I'll be coming out with a top 250 big board next week. And then also I'll be doing my final mock draft of the year as well on next Monday. You can find my podcast on any podcast, uh, however you consume your podcast on every platform. And that's the Reed Option Podcast, which is R-E-I-D. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Giants podcast. 
podcast. Be sure to tune in tomorrow where our special guest will be Tony Pauline. He'll have uh, all kinds of scoops and information and perspectives on the upcoming draft. Can never get too many different opinions on the draft this time of year. So that show is coming up tomorrow. For Jordan Reen, I'm Patricia Trainer. Thanks so much for tuning in.